gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, where we are in season 13, entitled The ABCs of Winning the Mental Game. At the Selking Performance Group, we work with individuals, sports teams, business organizations, and really help them understand the aspects, the science, and the application of mindset and leadership. So how does your brain work? How does it impact how we show up? And how do we deliver more consistent levels of individual performance excellence on a day-to-day basis while simultaneously looking at organizational leadership and how leadership drives sort of systemic success? And so within that, in this season of the podcast, we are first and foremost celebrating the birth of my amazing husband, Aaron and I's first baby, uh, Eliana Bell. And so to honor her, we're doing the ABCs, sort of a, a kid's theme, if you will. Uh, but but I want you to know this isn't just for kids. This is about the fundamentals because in all of those, those teams and, and organizations that we've worked with, whether they're individuals or the organization itself, what we've found is the need for more consistent application of these fundamentals. So in each episode, we're going letter by letter of the alphabet identifying a word or a mental characteristic or element that we need to understand and implement into our lives to help us show up individually and collectively as the best version of ourselves. So listen, uh, before we get too far into the episode, if there's anything that we can do for you at Selking Performance, um, whether that's keynote speaking for your organization, uh, whether that's getting you a bulk book order from our book, Winning the Mental Game, the playbook for building championship mindsets that came out in 20. 2022 uh, for your organization or individual performance coaching with one of our performance coaches on our staff, please email me directly, drselking at selkingperformance.com, and we can arrange uh, whatever you need to continue to unleash performance excellence in your organization because that's our heart. You know, in our world now more than ever, we need people and organizations that have the courage to step up and be great, but also the competence to step up and be great and to be an example in this world, to to be able to speak and to uh, prove through our work that these things um, can happen, right? Human flourishing can happen in organizations, on teams, and we can be competitive in the sphere in which we operate. And if you're listening to this and, and maybe you're a stay-at-home mom or you are working as a community member for your local organizations, it doesn't matter if you're on a sports team or a large corporation, right? Wherever you are in life, it is about thinking right and it is about leading well. And that's the essence and the fundamentals that we're trying to get through in this season. So today in episode 11, we are talking about letter J and J is for joy. I uh, This actually is my word of the year for 2023. Joy is my word of the year and it has been such an incredible journey to be on um, so far. Just thinking about how do we experience more joy, right? And the definition of joy, so I've got two of them here. The first definition is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. And while I think that certainly, I mean, obviously it's the definition of joy, so it's certainly a definition. Um, I I think it's a little bit limited because I think, you know, joy is, it it is, it's it's, if you think of a spectrum of happiness, Mm -hmm. contentment on one side of the spectrum of happiness and this sheer sort of great pleasure and extreme happiness of joyful, right? 
right? That's That would be a more extreme version of happiness. And so it certainly is part of the definition. But I think we're missing the depth of joy when we just get that. And I found another definition that says perpetual gladness of the heart. And I love that. And to me, that's really what joy is and why, more importantly, joy is so important because it's this perpetuity of joy, this perpetuity of gladness of the heart. And because joy is great when things are good and and, and when things are really, really good and we're joyful, man, those moments are to be cherished and recorded in our minds and held onto forever. But just like we, positivity, right? For example, positivity is important, but it's easy when things are going well. But positivity is really important when things are most challenging. This is this is the essence to me of joy is how do we maintain a sense of gladness of heart amid the challenges of day-to-day life, amid the atrocities that go on in our world today. And I think that that is where we come to understand that joy is a fundamental element of holding on to hope as a human being. And that is an element that drives us, that allows us to show up and continue um, to, to be present to be with people, to um, have a, a sense of hope and gladness and happiness, even in some of the darkest seasons. You know, it was um, in 2022, I had the opportunity to serve as the mental performance coach for the Denver Broncos. And if you follow the NFL, you know that it was not the best season for the Broncos. And Russell Wilson was the quarterback. Um, and it, so his first season in Denver, and it was a rough year for him personally as well. And one of the things that I just so appreciate about Russ and who he is, is, is his joy. And, you know, every week at practice, we'd talk and, and I'd ask him, you know, what, what's going on? How you doing? What's the good word today? And he would always say, man, joy, enjoy. I'm just going to maintain my joy amid all this. And we're going to get this sorted. And his smile was genuine. Now, does that mean he wasn't frustrated? No. Does that mean he wasn't underperforming from his perspective and those around him? No. Does that mean it wasn't difficult? I mean, think about that for anybody. You go into a new team or a new organization or a new school and and you want to be the leader and, and you're looked at to be a leader and things aren't going your way. I mean, this is a challenging season and his steadfastness of joy radiated to his team. And what you saw in that team, and if you listen to all of their, their press conferences, just the support of one another and the positive energy that existed in that facility on a week by week basis was impressive. And, and it came from the leadership from Coach Hackett and from Russell Wilson. And again, did it turn out the way everybody wanted it to? No, but that's what we're talking about here with joy. And if we can learn to cultivate this in our lives, it takes even the most challenging circumstances and seasons of life that we go to and go through and give us a different perspective. So one of the books that I'm reading this year as I cultivate joy in my life and this idea, um, actually, let me go back to Russ, right? So so every time he'd say the word joy, I'm like, okay, Russ, like I get it, right? Uh, joy. But the word, you know, he, every time he said it, it sort of hit my brain a different way and sort of jolted me a little bit given like, 
you know, where we were at in the season, where he was at in the season and, you know, this sort of fluffiness that I feel like came with the word joy. And so, you know, if you fast forward um, every year between Christmas and New Year, I really do a reflection personally to reflect on the year, plan for the next year, uh, really pray about, contemplate my upcoming word of the year. And the word that just kept coming back to me was joy, 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 joy. And I'm like, dang it, Russ, what are you doing to me, man? And um, and then all of a sudden I just realized like, no, this is, this is going to be the word of the year. It's been you know, the last six years have been such a season of work for Aaron and I in our lives. And it's been, it's been incredible. I mean, the, the opportunities, the people that we've gotten to be able to serve, the organizations we've been able to work with, but they're, they're long days and long seasons and a lot of travel. I mean, I was on the road every week um, from August of 2022 through March of 2023. And um, in that last year there, of that season that we were in. And I just felt like, hey man, this next season is gonna be one of joy. And in preparation for, you know, having Ellie in our lives and being able to really enjoy every minute with her and every moment that this you know, two high-powered professional people that have been buzzing and running around the country and doing work to be able to be present and find joy in quiet and solitude and late nights and early mornings and long moments, right? Um, and to have a lightness about it and to not just wish this season away or to be so worried about everybody else that we serve on a day-to-day basis, but to, to, to be able to have this perpetual gladness of heart in this year, I realized like that's what this year was going to be for me. And it's been so cool to just every time I start to feel heavy or massively burdened or frustrated or try to take on too much responsibility for, for other people or other organizations, I'm just reminded of this perpetual gladness and to be joyful. And in this moment, can, can there be a sense of responsibility with an element of lightness, for lack of a better word. So I'm learning how to cultivate that in my life. And one of the books that I'm reading to help do so, or that I read, I've finished it recently, um, is called The Book of Joy. And it's written by the um, the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And so obviously those are men of two religious leaders in our world, two different religions, but they're friends. And so this book is written, um, they got to spend a week together at the Dalai Lama's place in Dharamsala in India. And um, and they they got to just talk about what is joy and how do we cultivate it in our lives? And the level of love and respect and genuine care that these two men share for one another, it goes beyond the bounds of religion. And so that's one of the things that is most powerful about this book is that it strips away all the pretenses of what the world wants to say drives people's ability to be close and to be friends. And so, for example, you know, whether it's your political affiliation or whether it's your religion or whether it's what country or city you're from, you know, you can have these sort of natural aversions to people, the the other, whatever that other might be, um, and even race, right? Um, all these different things that 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 drive separation. These these two men demonstrate how unity is is who and how humans have been created and wired. To, to live and operate in this world. And so they spend this beautiful week together um, talking about joy and they left us this gift in this book 
And um, it's just really powerful to, to read. And one of the quotes that really stood out to me from the Dalai Lama, he said, you know, we create most of our suffering. So it should be logical that we also have the ability to create more joy. The three factors that seem to have the greatest influence on increasing our happiness are our ability to reframe our situation more positively, our ability to experience gratitude, and our choice to be kind and generous. So again, he talks a lot about, you know, and and listen, the Dalai Lama, he's from Tibet originally. That's his country of origin. Um, and the Chinese infiltrated, infiltrated Tibet. And so he fled and has been living in exile in, in India for all of these years. And so is super gracious to the Indian people for allowing them and the, the, the Tibetan culture to continue to, to thrive and, you know, to, to be, to evolve in that spot and for him to live and to continue to serve the world and speak truth to the world. And so you're talking about a man who are here, who has experienced great turmoil, who had literally had to flee his home country where, you know, the land is beautiful and they, the, the nation is so special and sacred to him and in his history and fled in exile in the middle of the night and had to sneak by, you know, different Chinese guard stations to be able to get out alive, literally. And so for the last several decades has lived in exile. So we're talking about an individual, not who's lived this glamorous, fluffy life, right? And um, our Archbishop Desmond Tutu, you know, from South Africa and, and how he experienced the apartheid and their country that shredded their nation and just killed thousands and thousands of people because of distinct and different ideologies. So again, these men are sharing their depth of wisdom and knowledge on a topic like joy from some of the deepest pain and darkest experiences that human beings can go through. The atrocities that these guys have seen put on civilization in general, but even more importantly, like themselves and their people. I mean, that's that's who I want to talk to Joy about, right? Because they've they've been through the valley. And I love just hearing again their depth of wisdom and and the the reality that again we create a lot of the suffering in our world. So let's apply that same thinking to how do we cultivate more joy. And find that as the subtitle of the book, again, it's called The Book of Joy. The subtitle is Lasting Happiness in a Changing World. So again, the three factors that that the Dalai Lama gives us there, how do we reframe our situation more positively? To reframe is, is really a psychological construct that allows us to look at a situation and instead of and, and think about it differently. How do we think about this in a positive light? Right. And one of the ways that the Dalai Lama talks about in the book is that he said, you know, perhaps being in exile has actually brought more attention to the Tibet culture and to, you know, our the the conversation around human rights and and the celebration of human beings in general. And so while this isn't awesome, if this gives us a different platform to open other people's eyes, then such as life, right? So how do we reframe a situation more positively? He also talks about our ability to experience gratitude. And, and he says, again, the ability to reframe and the ability to experience gratitude. Abilities are what? They're cultivated. They're grown over time. They're built through practice and repetition. 
So we should apply that thinking that, man, we can actually learn to reframe situations. We can actually learn to experience and express gratitude. And, and I think that that is a critical element for us to understand. Lasting happiness and joy, right, comes from an understanding that we actually can influence our situations. We do have more control than we give ourselves credit for, but we have to practice it. We have to cultivate these things into our lives. And then finally, our choice to be kind and generous choice, 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 choice. We can choose these things. And we as a society, we as leaders, we as parents, teachers, students, kids, we have to stop making excuses and stop thinking that the world is happening to us and understand the power inside of us to actually change that and to have an influence in the world around us. So let's go from a different religious perspective now. A quote from the Bible, I love this. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just like in that last quote, there's a lot here we can break down. May the God of hope fill you with joy. Where does joy come from? Joy comes from a hope that things can and will be better. Because again, that perpetual gladness of heart, how do you have a perpetual gladness of hope or, or of heart if you don't actually believe that things can get better, right? And, and that there's hope for a better future. And that was one of the things that, that uh, during the, the trip that Desmond Tutu made to see the Dalai Lama, he talked about the fact that right now the Tibet, Tibetan people don't necessarily see a future free from China, but... At one point, neither did the South Africans. They thought they would be in you know, this perpetual cycle of war and violence forever, and there's still elements going on in different capacities, but the freedom that they experienced came eventually. So there was hope there, and he was trying to infuse and instill hope so that there can be joy, that there can be a, a continued strain and effort and, and um, intentionality towards finding freedom for the Tibet people that are living in exile today. And so, so that, that hope fills us with joy and peace as we trust in him. So man, amid hard times, what are we looking for? We're looking for a little bit of happiness and just a little bit of peace. Instead of feeling doom and gloom and not being able to sleep at night because we have so much anxiety written in our hearts and our minds, that's what we're searching for in these moments. And what the Bible says is that we have that in God as we trust in him, that he will come back and save the world, that he can give us eternal life through believing in his son. That's, that's sort of the underlying element here that we're talking about in Romans. And I love this too, that so we may overflow with hope, not just have a little bit of hope, but like that our hope overflows and therefore guess what else overflows? Joy and peace. And I think that, you know, if you think back to some of maybe the wisest people in your life, you know, I, I think of time sitting with my grandparents, my great grandparents, and just hearing the, the peace that they have even through challenging times or the words of wisdom that they would give when I was going through challenging seasons of my life, conversations with my, my mom, you know, throughout different moments in life, they, they're able to give a different perspective and they always seem to believe, hey, things are going to be okay. Like, I know it doesn't seem like it right now, but keep believing, keep working hard, keep your head down and do the right things and trust that this too shall pass. And that 
I feel like is an invitation to find joy, even in our most challenging times. So today, J is for joy. And this week's championship mindset training is for us to enact the three things that the Dalai Lama suggested in his book. First, reframe your situation. Second, express specific gratitude daily. And third, choose to be kind and generous. Again, in the book of joy, finding lasting happiness in a changing world, the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu were able to give us some deep elements of wisdom of how to cultivate joy in our lives. And this week, that's what I would love for us to do and act these three elements that can cultivate a joy that will allow us to have peace and hope in this changing world. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, follow us on all the social media platforms. Send me an email directly, drselking at selkingperformance.com. Um, our Twitter and Instagram handle is at Champ Mindsets. We're on LinkedIn and in Facebook at Selking Performance Group. And if there's anything we can do from you, you can also find a lot of information on our website, selkingperformance.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I just want to challenge challenge you to continue building your championship mindset.